You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Dolphin fans, and welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. If we sound fired up, it's because the Miami Dolphins have just signed. Offensive tackle to Ron Armstead to a five-year deal worth $75 million with about $44 million guaranteed with incentives. The deal could be worth up to uh, $87.5 million. It's a big deal, but it is not as big of a deal as... I think a lot of people anticipated. So the Dolphins get the top free agent tackle on the market. They lock him in and they don't end up paying quite as much money as people were expecting. I think there were reports coming in that were you were expecting to be paying him north of an average of $20 million a year. Some people, I heard them saying all the way up to $25 million a year and it didn't happen. They get him for about what? I mean, for 75 over five, I mean, that's, it's not what, do the math in your head. It's, it's not that bad, right? It's about $17 million per year. The Dolphins have an offensive tackle. The left side of the offensive line is now shored up with Teron Armstead and Connor Williams. And according to Barry Jackson, the Miami Herald, the Miami Dolphins are not done fixing up this offensive line because according to Barry Jackson, he says the Dolphins are also going to be addressing center before the season starts. So whether that means they're they're going out and they're they're going to sign a, a JC Treader or, or or Matt Paradis or if they're going to, you know, go after it in the draft with a guy like Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa, whatever it means, the Dolphins are not done off upgrading this offensive line. They came into the this offseason the same his last offseason knowing we had to fix the offensive line and brain finally it seems as though the Miami Dolphins are on track to get this offensive line sorted once and for all on track that was that was the key there I I was afraid you were gonna say I'm not gonna say that unequivocally (laughs) they've done it because we've all we've all been there before we've seen this movie before but at the moment it seems like the need has been addressed and they're still actively addressing it, which, yeah, hey, that's good. Yeah, th- this was a good move. Look, at the end of the day, the Dolphins needed to get a tackle. And Teron Armstead was the best tackle available. And I- I've got an article here from Pro Football Focus. This was released prior to the start of free agency. 
Armstead has produced a top 10 pass blocking grade among qualifying tackles in each of the past seven seasons. He's allowed a pressure on a mere 3.7% of his pass blocking reps over that span, tying with reigning Super Bowl champion Andrew Whitworth for the fifth, uh, for the best among NFL tackles. In the run game, Armstead can fit into any scheme since 2015. He sits at the 95th percentile in grade on man runs and the 88th percentile in grade on zone runs. By any stretch, he is a top 10 tackle in the league. And usually, to get a top 10 tackle in free agency, you have to give them top five or even top three tackle money. He is now, right now, today, after signing this contract, the 11th highest paid tackle in the league. That means before this contract is up, or let's say three years into this contract, he's probably going to be closer into the range of 15th to 20th highest paid tackle in the league. If you've got a top 10 tackle and you're paying him as the top 15 to 20th, that is a great value. And somebody said in the chat, you know, Laramie Tunsil's making $22 million a year. Yeah. I mean, and, and the, the fact is, look, you and I both said it, you know, when we were talking before the, before we started recording is that five years, 87.5 million. That's like what? 17 and a half million a year. And that's the ceiling of the deal because that includes the incentives. As far as the, you know, without incentives, like if he gets hurt or doesn't meet his incentives, you're, you're paying him $15 million a year. Now, granted, if he gets hurt and he misses significant time, that's still not a, that, that's still sort of an albatross. But, and that, that's going to be the big question here. But at the end of the day, the Dolphins needed to get the job done and they got the job done. And this, look, they, they targeted their guy. I said it before free agency started. This free agency is about targeting your guys and getting them. And the fact that they got him and didn't have to really overpay for him is really remarkable. I mean, they're paying Teron Armstead, you know, comparable to what they're paying Emmanuel Ogba. That's pretty remarkable. It, and it's amazing. It's amazing because coming into this offseason, everybody knew who the number one offensive tackle in the market was going to be. And it seems like it seems like maybe this market was just not as hot as many people anticipated it being. And maybe that's part of the reason that this took so long. And I I, I really do believe that part of the reason that it, there was a little bit of a holdup is that Armstead maybe did want to stay in New Orleans, but he had to wait and see what New Orleans was going to do with their quarterback situation. And, you know, maybe, I don't know. And maybe he thought there was going to be more money on the table than what there ended up being. But by all accounts, it sounds like the Dolphins were still the top bidder and the top bid was nowhere near where people were anticipating it being at the end of the day. So there were a lot of people out there who were completely down on the idea of signing Teron Armstead because they're like, oh, you're going to have to overpay. You're going to have to pay him so much. And this is a guy who's injured. But now the Dolphins are getting an elite offensive tackle to play on the left side of that offensive line. And they did not have to overpay for him. They're, they're, he's the 11th. He's, he's a top five tackle 
definitely by some metrics, definitely a top 10. And he's the 11th highest paid tackle in the National Football League. This market did not do what people were expecting it to do. And the Dolphins end up getting a really good deal out of this and still have some money to address needs elsewhere. I mean, this is kind of a win all around. I, I, I almost... I almost feel bad for the people who had all of the, oh my God, Greer overpaid for Teron Armstead tweets in the chamber that now have to go in and delete all of their drafts because this is such a great deal for the Dolphins. It's, I almost feel bad for them, but not really. I don't really feel bad for them. I think this is a great opportunity for the Dolphins to bolster their offensive line. And this thing that has been hamstringing this team for so long is now on the road to being a problem that is no longer the largest problem on the team. I'll, I'll, I'll give one word of caution, not to, you know, poo-poo on our parade here. Uh, Don't poo-poo it's... on our parade. <laughs> Brain, Brain, how many times do I have to talk to you about poo-pooing on the parade? <laughs> well, I just want to give a word of caution. You mentioned this market wasn't what everybody expected it to be. And that means that people weren't as high or as hot on Teron Armstead as we expected. Do you, for a little bit, give pause there? I mean, regardless, the Dolphins were in sort of a desperate situation. So the fact that they got him without, quote unquote, overpaying, they, they had to make this move. Um, it was a great, it's a, it is a really good signing. That said, if nobody else in the, in the league was going over or was offering this kind of money to even get into a bidding war to move up the price for Teron Armstead, uh, you know, what's, how's that saying go? If like you're looking around in the, for the dumbest person in the room and you can't find them, then you need to look in the mirror. Well, the, Dol the Dolphins have been guilty of that in very many an offseason when it comes to signing free agents. And so it's a, it gives me a little bit of pause. That said, look, Teron Armstead was the guy that you and I both talked about prior to free agency. We both said, this is the guy you got to have. This is the guy that you contact on day one. It's a little concerned that maybe they didn't contact him on day one. I don't know. Maybe they did. We don't really know how those conversations went. That said, they got their guy. So now, uh, look, the, the offensive line is bolstered. It's, it's not by any stretch fixed, but you've added a, a Pro Bowl caliber left tackle. You've added a really good guard in Connor Williams, and you now have the makings. It's a lot easier to piece together the rest of the offensive line from here. I've got a message that I want to read to everybody that is listening, whether you're listening in podcast form on the Dolphins Talk Podcast Network, if you're watching live on the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. Hello, YouTube. Shout out. Hit subscribe. Like this video. Share this video. Turn on notifications so you never miss out when we go live. Um, 
If you're subscribed, you're listening in podcast form after the fact, you're going to like this. So make sure you're subscribed to the same old Dolphin show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere you get your podcast, as well as DolphinsTalk.com daily, because we're in that feed as well. I have a note from Kevin Dern, the host of Dolphins Talk Weekly, who is bogged down in real life work right now. So he's not able to, to join us on the show tonight. We invited him on to come on, but he's he's bogged down in work. As many of you know, he's getting a, he's he's working on a degree right now. He's gone back to school and we're, we're super stoked for him for doing that. But uh, so he's not able to get a show not able to hop onto us. He might be able to get a Dolphins talk weekly to you soon, but he wanted me to uh, share this with all of you. So I'm going to read his thoughts. And basically what Kevin Dern says, this is the best signing they could have made. Top target immediately upgrades the left side of the offensive line and allows them to shift Eichenberg to right tackle most likely. It's a major signing. Now the impetus is on QB1, that's Tua, to perform now. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. We're also going to be talking about later on how this does give the Dolphins, as Kevin says, it gives them the flexibility in the draft to maybe go get a Tyler Linderbaum or a Devin Lloyd. Both would be big upgrades. One, obviously, at center, for the Dolphins, which is an option, and, and according to Barry Jackson, again, is something that the Dolphins are planning to address this offseason. And the other, of course, is another need that the Dolphins have on the defensive side of the ball uh, at linebacker. So we'll see whether the Dolphins go out there and, and decide to make that pick. But that does give them that flexibility with that 29th pick. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But first, uh, a reminder, if you haven't done so already, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Same Old Dolphins is the name of the show. I'm at Amplified to Rock. He is at Aaron the Brain. That's at A.A. Ron the Brain. Make sure you are following along as well. And leave us a five-star rating and a positive review on all your various podcast platforms of choice because uh, that would be really helpful. Helps the show a great deal. Let's talk about this offensive line as it stands right now. So as you look at this offensive line, obviously on the left side, it's short up. Right now, it's Teron Armstead at left tackle. You've got Connor Williams at left guard. Your center, as of now, remains Michael Dieter. Your right guard is Robert Hunt. And then you've got right tackle where you think probably is where uh, Eichenberg is going to play. And then you also have the possibility of having Austin Jackson there. And then that also gives you the, uh, you know, the rest of the offensive linemen that we have on the roster. Uh, Jesse Davis, how long is Jesse Davis going to remain a member of the Dolphins roster? Who knows? He's still there now. You've got Solomon Kindley still kicking around. You've got Robert Jones kicking around. You've got Larnell Coleman kicking around. Uh, you've got uh, is is Kiraz Neto? Is he still on the team? The international sign? Is he still kicking around on the roster somewhere? I think so. From everything that I see, I don't see anything that says he's not. Yeah. So still, Dolphins still have some guys to uh, play around with. So. What do you think of this Dolphins offensive line? Is that the starting offensive line? If the season were to start today, is your starting offensive line for the Miami Dolphins? Armstead, I think it's a good- Williams, Dieter, Hunt, Eichenberg. Is that your offensive line? I think it's a good bet, but I don't think it's by any stretch written in stone. I mean, even... Even without taking into consideration that they could be looking to upgrade at center, they still could potentially look to upgrade at right tackle. I'd be looking at like, I mean, I'm not sure exactly how these contracts have been structured to know what kind of cap space they have, but I look out there and I see 
Eric Fisher still there at right tackle? And I say, well, if you got Eric Fisher or even a Riley Reef at right tackle, uh, now you really probably have fixed the offensive line. Um, so I think that that's tempting. Uh, but that said, with the guys that they have, even if they don't add anybody of significance early in the draft, they don't make some big splash free agent going forward. I think, yes, you're probably looking at Michael Dieter at center. Um, you're looking at that left side of, of Armstead and Williams. And then I think, you know, it, it would not shock me. I, uh, if Robert Hunt ended up moving to tackle, I there think it is. that's just point, like what Larry in Columbus just said on the YouTube channel. I think if you've got this, if the, if this, if this is the roster that you have at offensive line, I think you go into camp and you, you're saying between Austin Jackson, Liam Eichenberg and Robert Hunt, we're putting the best two guys out there depending on how they fit. Liam Eichenberg, I think is a good fit if everything comes into, comes to fruition and the Dolphins are this smash mouth running team that's running the, the zone blocking scheme and, you know, only has to throw the ball 25 times a game. And, you know, he's not facing these wide angle rushers on the right side. Uh, but if that doesn't come to fruition and the Dolphins are still struggling to run the ball and they're having to be in these second and third and long situations where he's facing speed rushers. Well, we know that Liam Eikenberg is not good. Um, we also know that, uh, you know, Austin Jackson. Do we Jackson, know that Liam Eikenberg is not good? At that. At hmm. speed rushers on the outside coming from a wide angle. He's just not athletic. It, it, which begged the question is why they, they gave up the amount of draft capital they did to move up to, to, to draft him. It was questionable at the time and it came to fruition last year as a rookie. It's not that he had like, it's not that he is not necessarily going to be a good offensive tackle. He's just limited. You know, he's not this great pass per, it, it, in a system where the team's going to have to throw the ball 40 times and he's going to be facing speed rushers on the outside. Because we can't keep, because we can't run the football. It's just not going to work with Liam Eikenberg. And it probably won't work for Austin Jackson either. So if that's the case, Robert Hunt, even though he's best suited to play inside at guard, would probably be the best of those three at right tackle. And I think that's why you have people like Alex Thompson in the chat saying, well, hey, why, when are we going to address right tackle because it's still a huge issue. And so when I see a guy like, you know, an Eric Fisher or even a Riley Reef who you can have maybe as like a one-year bridge uh and then now all of a sudden you've got three guys battling for a guard spot and your swing tackle position, all of a sudden I feel like your offensive line really is fixed. Um that said, that's a lot of money to spend considering the amount of money that they've already spent on the offensive line. But again, they did spend a lot less than you would have expected on Toronto. Exactly. You got at least $20 million that you didn't expect that I didn't expect them to have because they didn't end up having to throw that in Toronto Armstead's pocket. So it, it works out well. Now, Brent, what, what would you say? Because I do see some people here in the comments and, and I've, we've heard these concerns on Twitter and, you know, you, you hear them or if you're a Miami Dolphin fan and you've been following the team for any period of time, you've heard this about Toronto Armstead is that there are people concerned about his injury status. Now, my stance on this, Brent, 
brain has always been that the Dolphins are not in a position where they can afford to not sign him because of that, right? They had to be willing to take that risk because he's that good of a player and that much of an upgrade for their offensive line. But now you've got him. So what do you say to those people who say, well, he's injury prone. He's never played a full season. He's always missing games. What what do you say to those people who are worried about the, and to be fair, legitimate concerns about his injury history? You, you, you say, Hey, you, those are valid concerns. The, and, but, and then you say, you know, what do you, what would you have done differently? And, you know, one of the, one of the comments would have been, well, you could have traded for Lyle Collins and given him less money. And Lyle Collins is a much better, well, not a much better. He's a, run block. He's a great run blocking right tackle. He is a right tackle. So he's protecting to his blind side and he's proven to be more durable. So I can, I can get that argument personally. Teron Armstead would have been my choice because to me, he's the higher ceiling guy, but I'm not going to sit here and tell people that they're wrong for being concerned about, uh, Teron Armstead's injuries, you know, injury history. But the fact is, I think it's baked into the price. I don't think that you're getting a top five tackle who's made the Pro Bowl three years in a row for what Miami just paid for him if there weren't questions about his injuries. So uh, I think they're legitimate concerns. I don't say anything to those people. I say, hey, you might be right. And yeah. <laughs> like, if, and if and if you're right, then, you know, Good, good, good job by you and shame on Chris Greer. Uh, but at the end of the day, I still think at the, this was a, this was a really good move. I think by just about any way that you look at it. Um, and injury is the one concern, but I think again, I think it's baked into the price. So, so are you going to praise Chris Greer here? Like, is this? Is this the rare occasion? Is it getting, is it a cold day in hell and you're going to praise Chris Greer here? I think so far this off season, I really wish before you say anything else, I wish the people who are listening to this in podcast form could, could see what your eyes were doing as I asked you that question. <laughs> Folks go to the YouTube channel and, and seek this out because that was, that was good. Go ahead. I think this free agency period has been solid. And I think it was close to being a disaster if they didn't sign Armstead. Um, because you had one job and it was to get, it was to, to get a tackle. And we were sitting here and we were all very tense and nervous because we're watching, you know, other guys, you know, get, get signed and we're, we're seeing Teron Armstead go unsigned for nine, 10 days into free agency. And we're wondering what the hell are you doing? This is the one guy that you, that you needed to go after. Um, that said, now that they got him and you look at the other moves that they made, I think the Connor Martin move, our Connor Williams move, I think is a good move. The Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert deal combo, I think is okay. I think it's a lot of money that they spent at the running back position that they didn't necessarily need to spend. I, I, I'm not, I'm not in love with 
with those contracts, but they're also not bad contracts because they're short-term contracts. And I tend to give Josh, uh, Mike McDaniel, I keep wanting to call him Josh McDaniel. I keep giving Mike McDaniel, uh, the, the benefit of the doubt when it comes to that position that he's, he's worked this system. He knows the guys that are going to fit. He's worked with Raheem Mostert at his most successful. So if Mike McDaniel targeted these guys, I'm going to trust him. And the fact that they're short-term deals, I'm happy with it. The Cedric Wilson contract, I'm not in love with. I mean, you're paying $7 million a year for a guy that's going to be your fourth, you know, option as a receiver. Uh, and maybe he moves up and becomes the third option next year, depending on what they do in the draft at wide receiver or what they do with Mike Kosicki going forward. But that felt, that felt like an overpay to me. I didn't really love that move. Um, and the Mike Kosicki move in its own, I'm not necessarily sold on, but I, I, give them the benefit of the doubt because I looked at the wide receiver market get completely dried up. And I said, well, all right, you, you give him Mike Kosicki $11 million for one year. It's better than giving Amari Cooper $20 million for however many years. So right. uh, I, I'm fine with it. I think there's still work to do he, for this to truly be a great off season. He's got to kill the draft or he's got to get another big time free agent either on the offensive line I think it's got to be on the offensive line because I'm looking around at the other the other free agents that are available I don't know where else you go where it would be a home run so yeah. b- barring that uh, I think he's just got to kill it in the draft for it to truly be a great off season but it's been solid I'm not I'm not upset at it I just think no matter what no matter what they did this off season, and we're, we're probably going to, you know, again, not to poo-poo on people's parades. Don't poo-poo on the parade brain. <laughs> the, the, the fact is, is that it almost like you could have as good an off season as you wanted to have in free agency. But the fact is the, the offensive line, as much as this is going to improve it, it's still not fixed. It's not going to be elite by any stretch. And. We still probably don't, we, we don't have an elite quarterback. So if you don't have an elite offensive line, you don't have an elite quarterback, you're still sort of questionable at the wide receiver, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to weapons, your offense still has a lot of question marks. So your defense better be elite, especially when you look at the rest of the AFC and you see all of those quarterbacks. So. As great an offseason as we may be having, or you may think that we're having, we still appear to be pretty far away from being a legitimate contender. Um, but that said, if he absolutely kills it in the draft, then all we can do is sit here and hope that Tua has like the light bulb come on and, and, and it becomes great. I don't think he's ever going to be elite, but if he can be like, you know, top 10 quarterback, like, I think that's his ceiling. If that, if he hits that ceiling and we have a good running game and we have a good defense, then I think we're cooking. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree with you in, in terms of, of how you look at the Dolphins offseason thus far in context of everything in the AFC, but let's, let's just review all, every signing the Dolphins have made, right? This offseason, they franchise tagged Mike Kosicki, so they've got him back. They 
have re-signed Emmanuel Ogba and locked him up. Again, a guy that you and you locked him up at a, at a pretty decent price as well. I think you could have you could have had teams paying Ogba more than what the Dolphins ended up paying him and it didn't happen. So I I think that was a good signing as well. From there, they also sign uh, Keon Crossan, who's a special teams guy, fullback Alec Ingold, wide receiver Trent Sherfield, brought in backup quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, although, and I don't want to get into the whole Teddy Bridgewater thing with him being cryptic and not wanting to talk about what his role with the team is going to be, but you've got Teddy Bridgewater as your backup quarterback. You got Cedric Wilson at wide receiver, Raheem Mostert at running back, Chase Edmonds at running back. You sign Connor Williams. You also re-sign Durham Smythe at tight end. And on top of all of that, now you've signed Teron Armstead. It's a pretty good situation for the Dolphins. I think you probably give, I would give this offseason thus far, probably a grade of about a B thus far. Thus far, it's not done yet, but thus far, I'd grade this offseason for the Dolphins at about a B. And you still look at this team in the context of an incredibly competitive AFC that has just, it's seemingly like one co- one great quarterback after another has been injected into the AFC this offseason. We got Russell Wilson is here now. You got uh, Matt Ryan in the AFC South now. And granted, Matt Ryan is is past his prime, but he's still there. Um, Some people would argue that Russell Wilson is past his prime, but that's not a conversation for this podcast. Either way, the the AFC is like really, really a tough conference to play in. And so you look at the upgrades that the Dolphins have made, and ultimately, it's like you said, in order for the Dolphins to be competitors this year and to be competitive, you know, and a team that you can really look at as being a threat to make a, a, a deep run into the playoffs, in order for that to happen, you've now got to see this offense, and in particular, the quarterback of this team, take a very big step forward because the defense is good the defense is good and 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 I think if the offense you know moves a little gets a little bit better this year and you know instead of averaging 20 points per game they they're averaging something like 24 points a game the defense is going to win you some games against some mediocre and bad football teams in this upcoming season but against those high octane offenses that exist in the in the AFC you you're Defense might slow them down a little bit, but ultimately you're going to need to have an offense that can that can be off to the races with those teams. And at this point in time, I'm still not thoroughly convinced that the Dolphins are going to be able to do that. I'm not saying they won't, because it's always possible that the, that Mike McDaniel brings in this new staff and just the new energy and the way that they approach the team could be really beneficial to how this team performs. Um, and, and it's certainly possible that Tua can take a big leap forward. It is not unheard of for a quarterback from year two to year three to take a big, big step forward, right? And it's, so it's certainly possible that that is something that could happen. But is that something that I'm counting on happening? Not necessarily. So I think within the context of the AFC, um, you know, it's, it is what it is. So I, I'd give it, I'd give it a B. I think the Dolphins are still, if I had to make a guess right now, I would I would still put the Dolphins right on the bubble for the AFC playoffs, even with the Armstead signing, which I which I like and I'm on board with and I'm completely gung-ho and I'm more fired up about the team right now than I have been 
for, you know, probably since before last season. Um, I'm, I'm more fired up about them right now, but I'm still not sure that this is a team that is ready to compete and become a Super Bowl team. Like they're not there yet. And that is, that's actually, to be frank, a little bit concerning given what this team has been through over the past few off seasons. I don't, now I'm pooping on people's parade. And, but, and, and I'm going to say, Hey, Josh, stop poo-pooing on people's parade. The AFC champions last year were the Cincinnati Bengals. That's true. And, and going into the season. Wait, are you about to be the optimistic one here? What's going, going into on? the season, nobody said that the Cincinnati Bengals were even on the bubble of being true. a playoff team. True. So I'm not saying it can't happen, but I agree with you. I think that's where the Dolphins are right now. Because the AFC is so competitive. I think you put us in the NFC. I think we're a playoff team. I think in the AFC right now, um, I think the Patriots have lost a lot, uh, in losing both of their starting corners. Um, I think the Patriots are going to take a step back and I think the Dolphins are going to surpass them. Um, I think in looking at the now NFC, and I think in looking at the NFC North, uh, Obviously, the the Bengals are going to be the pick there, but I think there's a lot of flukiness to what the Bengals did last year. Uh, and so I'm not necessarily sold that the Bengals are necessarily going to be this juggernaut, although I do, you know, love Joe Burrow, and I would probably say that they're the favorite to win that division. And I think Baltimore, they're, you know, Baltimore is is a good team, but f- kind of fell apart last year. And we don't know if we're ever going to see Lamar Jackson be at that MVP level again. And if he's not, then, ba- then Miami might be better than Baltimore. Pittsburgh had Big Ben retire. The Browns, yeah, they just got Deshaun Watson, but there's a whole lot of uncertainty there. Uh, with, with him and whether or not he's going to face a suspension with all the civil suits pending from that whole situation. I would, if I was betting, I don't think that the Browns are a playoff team this year. Then you look at the AFC South and aside from Tennessee, I think it's kind of a mess. I think the Colts are a good team and I think you put Matt Ryan there and I think the Colts kind of end up right in that same level there with the Dolphins. And then you look at the AFC West and I would say, yeah, probably all of those teams in the AFC West are better than the Dolphins, but they all have to play each other. Right. Twice. Right. So, in all likelihood, at least one of those teams is going to finish with either a losing record. In all likelihood, one of those teams is going to finish with a losing record now that there's 17 games in the season. So you probably just need to be better than either one team in the AFC West or be the bet, the best wild card team of the rest of the divisions. Assuming that we're not as good as Buffalo, because I think that that's a safe assumption. Yeah, I, I yeah, I still think the Dolphins are a long way from the Buffalo Bills, and that's kind of the problem, right? Like, we, nobody is in this for the Dolphins to be a wild card team, that right? Like, obviously, that would be a good step forward, but that's not what we're here for. We're not here for the Dolphins to hooray. We're a wild card team, and don't get me wrong, I'd be over the moon if the Dolphins made the playoffs. That'd be terrific, right? That's what we all want. You know, at the end of the day, we're in this to win the Super Bowl. 
right? And that's what we've got to get the Dolphins to the point to do. And all I'm saying is that I don't think they're there yet. I would love them to be. It's certainly not impossible, right? I I think at this point, I would say the Dolphins ceiling is probably along the lines of the kind of run that the San Francisco 49ers made last year, unless that quarterback takes a big step forward this year and shows us something, shows us another level of ability that he has not truly shown us thus far. That's well, if they, w- if they win a playoff game this year, that's a win, uh, I think. Yeah, if they I, win a playoff game. Are you convinced that right now this Dolphins team can go and win a playoff game? No, I mean, I'm not even convinced that they're necessarily going to make the playoffs. I think right, they're a bubble so. team. But I think I think when you look at the the teams that they're going up against in the AFC, I think if they make the playoffs... I think to make the playoffs, you're probably having to to win 11 games this year. In the AFC, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And so I think if you go 11 and 6, I think, you know, I, I don't necessarily count them out against anybody. As far as Buffalo and how it's disappointing because we're nowhere near as close as Buffalo. Well, the thing with Buffalo is that Buffalo has now gone completely all in. And Buffalo in two or three years is going to be in salary cap hell. The Dolphins are trying to build this thing the right way to where they can be a competitor, a contender for a decade. Now, granted, the the plan is to have a franchise quarterback so that you can win and spend a bunch of money while he's still on his rookie deal. And then you can reload when you have to pay your quarterback. It's what the Patriots did for years under Brady. It's what the Kansas city chiefs are currently doing with Patrick Mahomes. That's, that's the plan. Um, the dolphins right now probably have a three-year window. And this is only year one of a, of a three-year window. Um, but you want to see some progress and, Sneaking into the playoffs would be nice, but this team really needs to win a playoff game for me, for this to be a, for, for this to be a successful season. We've been waiting a long time for it. We're going into what year four now of the rebuild. You, you, you can call it year three if you want to throw away the tank season, but it's, it's time to start making a move. This was supposed to be a playoff team last year. They failed. So this year, look. Just because they failed last year doesn't mean that you reset the expectations. You just say, hey, we didn't meet expectations last year, but this year, if we do, we're right on track. And if that's the case, then you make the playoffs and you win a game. And I think the other thing you have to say is that it's March 22nd as we record the show right now. Season doesn't start till September There's a long way to go. We know that the Dolphins are talking about wanting to upgrade wide receiver. They're looking for somebody to return kicks so that Jalen Waddell isn't doing that. Um, They they have Igbenogany right now as a kick returner, but they're looking for a wide receiver. They're looking for a skill position guy who is able to return kicks. So we're going to see who who that is out there that they might look for. I, I would still love for the Dolphins to sniff around and kick the tires on DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett in Seattle because that team looks like it's basically at a point where it's starting over especially if they don't uh if they don't bring in a, a quarterback I don't know who that's going to be at this point their the ceiling for veteran quarterbacks is Baker Mayfield as far as guys that are available and 
You know, I don't, I, I'm not afraid of the Seattle Seahawks with Baker Mayfield. And if Fodell Beckham was pissed off at Baker Mayfield, I can't wait to see what DK Metcalf thinks of that. So let's get, let's get him on the phone. Um, although there are, I'm sure, people out there who are screaming at their internet right now going, you think DK Metcalf's going to want to play with Tua? And to that, I say, that's a fair point. But what I, think I would Tyler say, Lockett's a better fit. I think Tyler Lockett is a better fit as well. I'm just saying those guys are out there. Um, number of different players out there. They still have that need at inside linebacker as well. But the other thing that this does now brain is it lets you shift your focus to the NFL draft because that's the next big thing that's coming, right? There's still free agency. There's still a lot of guys out there. You know, they're going to try to address offensive line. Maybe that's, maybe they find another center. Maybe they find another guy to play right tackle somewhere in free agency, but the draft is kind of the next big thing on on the horizon for the Dolphins. Now that Teron Armstead is in, that deal is signed, signed, sealed, delivered. Now the Dolphins look towards the draft and they have that 29th pick in the first round. And without getting into the, you know, all of the ideas of, oh, what that pick could have been. It could have been so much better and blah, 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 blah. That's that all of that is water under the bridge. It's gone. The Dolphins have the 29th pick. And for for the longest time, I've been a proponent of the Dolphins trading that 29th pick for something. And I still wouldn't be completely averse to it. But now, as Kevin Dern suggested, the Dolphins have the uh, the ability to go and perhaps, you know, look at uh, Lloyd or Linderbaum in the draft to address linebacker or center. So let me ask you this, Bryn. As the Dolphins are looking ahead, looking ahead to the draft and that 29th pick in that first round, what do you what do you believe the Dolphins should do? Because as of now, even if they didn't make another signing, the Dolphins, I think, are still in the position where they can draft best available talent as opposed to drafting for need at 29. I think by rule, that's what they should do. Um, you you would hope that you've got, you know, three or four needs that you know, when you look at the best players available and they're like, if they're really close, then you can, you know, you have a guy there that fits a need, uh, and it just, it works out. Um, but I think there's four needs, um, and you can put them in whatever order you want. Um, I would probably put them in this order. I would probably say wide receiver, linebacker. Wait, you put set- wide receiver before linebacker? Yes, because I think it, at the end of the day, the defense can still be good with what they have at linebacker. It just won't be elite. You need to get a linebacker. But at the end of the day, this whole offseason, this move for Teron Armstead, this move for Connor Williams, the bringing back Mike Gesicki, it's the, these running backs that they brought in. It's this whole offseason is all about going all in on giving Tua a fair shake and giving him as many weapons as possible. So let's do it. Um, but that said, I'm not going to reach on a wide receiver if there's a great center there or if there's a great linebacker there. At, at the end of the day, I think you can look at these four needs and you can rank them any way that you want. And I would take the best player available at any of these four. And it's wide receiver, linebacker, center, and most people aren't talking about this, but corner. First off, you can never have enough corners. 
Second all, second of all, we've got an impending situation. It's we're either going to need it, need a corner this year, or we're definitely going to need a corner next year because there's no way. You think X is leaving? Oh no, I think X is staying, but I think there's no way that we're having both X and Byron Jones as our starting corners next season. Oh, in 24 or 23 rather. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you better address it. And, and, and the other problem is, is that, you know, what if one of those guys gets hurt or, you know, forget if one of those guys gets hurt, you're still one guy away on the depth chart away from relying on Noah Igbenogany. And I don't think anybody feels confident about that. And so you need a corner to add to your depth there this year, and you for sure need one next year. So if depending on the way things fall, is corner the way that I'm like looking? Am I saying going into this draft and saying, Hey, we need to, we need to reach on a corner. We need to trade up to get a, no, not, in, not by any stretch. But if we get to 29 and we stand pat and the best player there is a corner, I'm taking the corner. There ain't no, no doubt about it. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's a fair point. I'm interested to, uh, to see what it is that the Dolphins do. But I, I, at, at any rate, there's there's a long winding road ahead of us this offseason and lots of interesting moves yet to come. Uh, but at this point in time, the big one is taken care of. The Dolphins got their offensive tackle. They've got Teron Armstead. And that offensive line it has now been completely transformed, uh, which is great on that left-hand side. So we'll see. We'll see where the Dolphins go from here. But I think for now, all the Miami Dolphin fans can at least temporarily take a big, deep breath. And now you can start to shift your focus to, well, maybe we can do things at center. And now it's kind of like all of, I guess the big way to look at it at this point is, at this point, at least we've gotten the big one taken care of. The big hole has been has been filled. So now... If the Dolphins address things here, it now it's okay to f- improve things on the margins, right? I, my whole thing, the thing that I was kind of disappointed about this offseason was that, you know, it was like the Dolphins had kind of made improvements on the margins. They'd fixed the running backs. They'd, they'd brought in Cedric Wilson, you know. They were, they were fixing things on the margins. They were not making any big upgrades. But now bringing in Connor Williams and Teron Armstead, I think that is a significant upgrade to the offensive line, which is huge. And that is something that I think a lot of people can kind of relax about. I'm not saying that I would be completely satisfied if the Dolphins now didn't make another move with the exception of, of their draft picks. That's putting a lot of pressure on the draft. I, there are still some moves that I would like to see the Dolphins make, especially because I believe they've got a bit more money to play with than I thought maybe they would before. But I think that's also a good, a good thing because I think that that means they're going to take care of X. Right. I think they're, they're much more likely to take care of X now, which I think is helpful. So at any rate, it's a, it's a good spot to be in. Right. I, I, are the Dolphins necessarily contenders? No, but they're in a lot better shape right now than they were a couple of hours ago. And that <laughs> is really great. What, what you're laughing. Can we just talk about what's going on in the chat right here? What's going on in the chat? I'm I, I not, think I'm, this started as a joke and I'm. <laughs> I'm not certain that it's not still a joke, but I think there are legitimately people that are that are entertaining the idea of taking a punter in round three. 
No, no. I, I like. I, I understand a lot of people are excited about Matt Areza from San Diego State, but uh, pump the brakes with the third round. A punter in the third round? Well, well they're they're huh? saying pump the brakes on the second round. We we can wait around and we could take them in round three. Round three? I'm not going to entertain that. I'm not going to entertain. Round four? We can talk. Day three of the draft? I, I, I we can talk. I'm not interested in day one or day two taking a punter. Has there ever been a punter taken on day one or day two of the draft? A punter. I don't think so. I mean, the draft used to only be two days, though, right? Right. Well, has there ever been a punter taken before the fourth round? Has there ever been a ta- punter taken in the fourth round? Yeah, like, that's I don't a, think it's so. an absurd spot to be drafting it's, a punter. It's stupid. I'm sorry. It's stupid. To be fair, though, if the Dolphins drafted uh, Matt, if the Dolphins drafted Matt Areza in the second round, he would not be the worst second round pick the Dolphins have made in the last several years. I'll say that. Who who did you have in mind there? Wasn't, wasn't uh, actually, he may have been up. Austin Jackson was a first round pick. So was Noah Igbenogamy. So was Noah Igbenogamy. So, I mean, I guess to be fair to Alex in the chat, you could do worse. And they have. They have. So, but let's get back to it. So, Brain, are you going to give Chris Greer his flowers here or what? No. I mean, look, it's a solid, it's a solid, look, you had the most money (laughs) of any team in free agency, basically, and you had one job (laughs) to get a tackle. You did your job. That, that's what he's done. And frankly, and, and honestly, he did his job and I'm not going to sit here and praise him for signing an offensive, an offensive lineman or signing two offensive linemen when the guy's been trying to fix the offensive line since he's, you know, for the past three seasons and he's spent countless, you know, if he would have just drafted it right, he wouldn't have needed to spend the money there. Right. So you're saying, you're saying that praising Chris Greer for getting this Teron Armstead deal done when you had the most money to spend. Uh, is basically the equivalent of the old Chris Rock routine where he talks about how, oh, so-and-so stayed out of jail for a whole year. And it's like, he's supposed to stay out of jail. You're not supposed to go to jail. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Incredible. Incredible. I love it. I love it. Um, You know what? It's it's nice to feel good about the Miami Dolphins, at least for a little while here, right? It's it's nice to feel good about the signing. I'm happy about it. We're in a what do we got here? You take this one. He's your favorite. I remember Reggie Roby. Reggie Roby was a legend. Love Reggie Roby. But what round was he taking? We're in the watch. Yeah. Reggie Roby wore a wristwatch. Oh, say that. 10 times fast. And I've been drinking because I've been feeling good. I've been having an adult beverage here. Um, speaking of having an adult beverage, you don't want to have an adult beverage before you use uh, a product from our sponsor, Manscaped, because that could be a real problem for you. But I'm telling you this, you do want to go to manscaped.com and you do want to put in the promo code Dolphins Talk at checkout to save 20% off of your order because not only do they have these really great products for uh, grooming below the belt, I understand if you're not into that, right? Because not everybody is, but they've now got 
products for the rest of your body as well. They've got this really great shampoo and conditioner, which I recommend. The body wash is good. They've got body spray. They've got deodorant and this lip balm. Let me tell you, Maron, I got it. I got it in here because, you know, I live in I live in upstate New York now. I'm no longer in South Florida where it's humid all the time. So here you get real dry in the wintertime. And I got my got my Manscaped. Check it out. My Manscaped lip gloss. I'm going to put it on. I'll even apply some here on the show. Mm. Not only, not only am I somebody that's going to talk to you about Manscaped, I actually use the products as well. So folks, go to manscaped.com, use the promo code DolphinSoccer, you're going to save 20%, you're going to get free shipping to wherever you are in the world. Even our friend who was in the chat saying that they're enjoying the show from Australia, good morning to you in Australia, although it might... Yeah, I think it's still morning in Australia, so good morning to you there. Thank you for watching us. This is great news to wake up to, isn't it? Dolphin signed Teron Armstead, and you get free shipping at Manscaped with the promo code DolphinSock. That's fantastic news. Fantastic news, Bryn. It is fantastic, and uh, make sure that you... Uh Use the the promo code Dolphins Talk and you get your your discount. You're twenty five percent off. 20 percent. Slow down. Didn't mean to, slow down. Didn't mean to we don't want to get them angry at us. Like <laughs> we, wanna, we want you to get a good deal on the product, but not that good of a deal. Um, Evan Evan Posner wants to know if Manscaped has a product that'll make you a homer, Aaron. I don't know. Do they have a product that will uh, that will fix the Dolphins' offensive line and the Dolphins' quarterback situation? I, I, don't, I don't know about that. I, well, there's your answer. <laughs> I don't know about that. But uh, yeah, listen, folks, it's a good product. We highly recommend it. We also highly recommend that you follow us on Twitter at Same Old Dolphins, at Amplified to Rock, at Aaron the Brain. That's at A-A-Ron the Brain. Subscribe to the Same Old Dolphin Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere you get your podcast. Go to DolphinsTalk.com daily every single day. It's your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. We're going to keep coming hard with podcasts and YouTube shows. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. Turn on the notification. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. Hit the thumbs up. We appreciate it. Thank you very much for doing that. Stay tuned on Dolphins Talk YouTube because I'm sure Mike and Ian are going to be. Big E is going to be on the show this week. And we're going to hear from him because he's fired up. I know all about it. He was doing a Twitter Spaces today or a green room or whatever whatever it is the gimmick is on twitter he was doing it so he's going to be on the podcast tomorrow with mike and and i'm sure we're going to hear from tom and dante colinelli and all of the friends on the dolphinstalk.com podcast network so make sure you're subscribed to make sure you're visiting dolphinstalk.com each and every day it's your one-stop shop for all things miami dolphins brain any parting words for the people Hey, look, at the end of the day, this is a good day for the Miami Dolphins. It's been a good offseason, even if they did nothing the rest of free agency. uh, I think they are a better team today than they were at the end of last year. So uh, you should feel good. You you should be happy. You should be excited. Even if you even if you're a realist like me or some may say a a pessimist, you know, that's poo pooing on your parade, you should still feel good at the end of the day. This is a good day to be a Miami Dolphin fan. Very good. Very good. All right, everybody, that's going to wrap it up. We will back. We be back. I'm really fired up. I can't even talk right. But we will be back in your earballs probably sooner rather than later, but make sure you're tuning into DolphinsTalk.com each and every day for all the latest news and information from your Miami Dolphins. Hey, 
We got our guy. We got him. Teron Armstead is a Miami Dolphin. So until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. And as always, go Dolphins! I just poo-pooed on your parade. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs>